Dang. Ooh, we made it. Barely. That was touch and go. Yeah. We almost lost a member of the podcast. I mean, folks, you don't know how nip and tuck this was. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, if we had to vote someone off the island, I think we all know who's going. Well, he, yeah, but he's the only one who knows how to run the board. <laughs> wait, wait, there wait, he is. wait. Hold on, hold you on. didn't wait. even record. I no, I am recording. But by the way, you wouldn't even know that it's you wouldn't even know that it's me. Yeah, look at it. it's 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 I'm recording today right there. John will send you a photo of who you think you're going to boot off the E Talk Repeat Show. Here you go, Ashley. Here. It's coming to you right now. And, uh, you know, you're a... I'm waiting. For those listening, I'm in our our Orange County office, so I'm doing this remote. And and, and the... Uh, (laughs) 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 I love it. Let him in on the joke here. Um, I love it. All right. John came in today dressed as himself, sporting... What are these called, by the way? I I don't know. A face... Like hand mask? A hand mask with a paddle? It is a... Uh, dapper uh, photo, photo of, uh, of of JC, the world's greatest restaurant critic, uh. aka <laughs> moi, <laughs> with a bow tie and uh, cutouts for the eyes. And this is now, John. What is this intended to be used for? Well, well, you're always giving me grief about how I get special treatment in restaurants. So the food gal had this great idea. <laughs> That we're going to get all my friends who go, well, we don't get the same meal John Curtis gets. We don't get the same service John gets. So we're going to, like, I'm going to pass these out amongst my friends, and you guys can take them to restaurants and walk up to the front, to the hostess desk with a picture of me over your face and say, I'd like a table for 6 at 7 o'clock this Saturday night right now. On Valentine's Day. <laughs> On Valentine's Day. <laughs> and watch the waters part. Oh, my God. I love it. Actually, Lakin, who runs our socials and does all the dirty work on making sure this podcast gets uploaded, she sent me a photo of you with this. Yeah. And I glanced at it and didn't even realize it was this mask. I, just I didn't either. When he walked in, I didn't think it was I, – I didn't think anything was happening. We'll have uh, to post Until it I had so a squint and look closer. But now yeah. you've seen it in action. You've seen me completely transform myself. Right. From someone about to get fired from me talk repeat to uh, and folks, we're going to have these for sale for ten ninety nine on the e talk repeat website. You know, if you want to be treated like John Curtis in a Las Vegas restaurant, you one you can have one too. And okay. all proceeds go you to our to, next meal. Yeah, all, all proceeds go to my <laughs> wine habit. <laughs> oh my gosh, I all love right. it. So well, that, that's uh, that's what a way to start, folks. Good. Happy Friday, guys. We Eat, made talk, it. Repeat. We're here with Ash, the attorney. What's right, Sam? And uh, you know the uh, man of many handles, the grumpy gourmet himself, me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what are we going to talk about, guys? What are we going to kick off with? Well. I read on Twitter some guy, you had a troll and he was attacking you for and accusing you of a bunch of things. Can we go through it and you can push back on these accusations? Sure, sure. Because I think think it's important for the listeners to know that what we do, I'm not paid to do this. I know Sam's not paid to do it. If he is, he needs to cut me in on it. Yeah. And so we got to go through this. So the the Twitter troll accused you of first promoting your friend's restaurants only, 
that you're paid for your reviews, <laughs> that you yeah. relentlessly beat down those restaurants that won't entertain you. You yeah. overall hurt the industry. Yeah. This guy went, he went, he went uh, both barrels. Yeah. Didn't yeah. He? yeah. And he said, he, you don't pay for any of your restaurant experiences, any of them. Yeah. <laughs> you eat with a PR rep from the restaurant. Well, I have done that, yes, a few times. And, and you that. don't judge on a level playing field. Well, what say you, Mr. Curtis? Uh, where do I start? Okay, first of all, I, we've gone over this before. Uh, I don't, I really don't, I have a lot of fr- people I'm friendly with in the in the restaurant industry, but I'm, I don't know if I'm like really close friends with any restaurateur chef. Nicole Brisson would be the chef I'm probably friendliest with okay i mean okay. she has been to my house she's cooked meals at my house we have hung out at parties at her house so so yeah and I, but i mean i'm fully upfront about that yeah i've been a fan of her since i saw her as a sous chef at uh carne vino in 2010 <laughs> that's wow. how, how far back we go and uh and i've been and i guess you could say i uh unashamedly uh promote her have helped promote her career over the last uh, 15 years, 13 years. But that's uh, what friends do. Yeah, that's what friends do. And we've just gotten to be close over that. But mostly, but no, friends restaurants, that, that's just a crock. Because, yeah, I mean, I go to restaurants that I like, and I hurt the industry. Well, let's, let's go through Go through okay, it again. That you're uh, paid. You're paid. No, I'm not, Yeah, I get... Uh, we should ask the food gal, right? Yeah, ask my, ask my accountant, okay? <laughs> I'm paid. I mean... Back in the day, in my salad days of maybe 15 years ago, a little more than that, I was making money from a magazine as a freelance writer, and uh, my book was was uh, issued for 10 years. And yeah, I, I I got paid by the sales by the article and by uh, sales of the Eating Las Vegas, the 52. But not paid West. by the restaurant. I've never been paid by a restaurant ever. I have I have never ever. The only thing, and I have never asked, and I'm I'm very very proud of this. Unlike a lot of influencers and restaurant writers and freelancers for for many years now, I have I, I have never gone into a restaurant and asked for a comp or a freebie ever. And a lot of freelancers do this. They, they do it again unabashedly, shamelessly. Uh, yeah, they, yeah. They'll, they'll they'll basically say, "I'll come in, uh, but you know, I'd like to be." I mean, the word is hosted. I mean, that's the nice euphemism yeah. that everybody throws around. Uh, and this has been going on for at least a decade, more than a decade. And and they want to be hosted so they don't have to pay anything. And then they'll they'll write about you for their. Alt Weekly or their website or their Twitter feed or their TikTok or whatever. Well, I, I have never done that. Do restaurants, because I've been doing this gig for 30 years in Las Vegas, do they, do I get a lot of freebies? Oh, yes, I do. And I've talked about it on here. I'd say I probably roughly pay for roughly half of my meals, but I'm really upfront on my website when someone asks me, you know, did I get this comp? You know, I'll tell, I'm right, especially when I used to write on my, a lot of reviews on my, uh, on my website, I used to say, you know, like I, the last time I paid for a meal at Le Cirque, I think Bill Clinton was president. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that's a, uh, but I'll tell people this up front, um, and I'll and I do get a lot of I do get a lot of comps. So hurting the industry, I think that's that's just kind of a trollish thing to say because yeah. I mean I don't want to pat myself on the back too much, but I think if you took a a survey of chefs and cooks and restaurateurs and media people in this town over the last 20 years. I don't think 
there are there, there are a few that don't like me uh, because I said one or two negative things about the restaurant. But overall, I mean, I am 95% positive. It, the problem is when you're 5% negative, that's what everyone remembers. Well, you that's know, the you, fun stuff. Yeah, yeah, the fun stuff. And, I, I, you know, I, I love, uh, you know, ripping a new one on a place like uh, – Mon Ami Gabi. Like Mon Ami Gabi or, or – Your original review of Taverna – Costera. Yeah, that was was pretty was pretty harsh, and uh, that was <laughs> and, and and that that Hugo Cellar downtown, which I loathe. I mean, you know, and and the, like the Steakhouse of Circus Circus. I think these are expensive, underperforming restaurants, and I I I I make no apologies for not liking them. But I think if, if you take a hundred things I say about restaurants, ninety five percent of them are positive. I mean, I, and I'll, I'll defend that percentage going back to the nineteen nineties. So, uh, so I think that guy's full of shit. But I think people love to say shit like that because I gored their ox or I I, I ruffled somebody's feathers that they liked, you know. And and I, I I always look up people who do that, and they always have like Las Vegas guy two o three o two two or something like that. And then you <laughs> then you know they always have a number. They're anonymous, and you look up their Twitter handle, and they have like three followers. Okay, so I I don't I, I just don't know who these people are, but they kind of lay in wait on the internet to try to say something. So. Um, I'm, I don't think I have to say anything more. I mean, if you want me, I, you rest your case, I rest my case and, you know, and just ask around folks and just don't listen to stupid trolls on Twitter. Okay. But go. enough of that negativity. Let's go even more negative. Let's talk about Michelin. Yes. Okay. Let's redirect our negativity toward the Michelin. Now, yeah. speaking of people that do get paid. Oh, oh, oh thank, thank you. That's the segue right there. Mr. Segway himself, Sam Mirajowski. Okay. So, uh, I'll tee this up, and then I, I have two takes on this thing, but I want to hear Sam and Ash on this. Uh, just to summarize, uh, a couple days ago, New York Times did a long article by Julia Moskin, who's uh, I've met who's been in town in Las Vegas before. She was a big early supporter of uh, the Eating Las Vegas book. And uh, Julia wrote this long-form article about how Michelin – the Michelin Guide, which has been a revered, objective, above-reproach restaurant guide in Europe – going back to 1900, so for 123 years, um, has now basically goes to cities and towns all over the world, you know, uh, Denver, Colorado, Miami, Florida, London, England, and basically says, we, you have to pay us to come review your restaurants. And, uh, and, uh, it, it, and a lot of people are pretty upset about this because it's uh, – and they're, they're paying – I think the ter- the freight is about half a million bucks. If you're a state or a city that wants Michelin to come in and review your restaurants, you have to pay them half a million. Well, dollars. let's get into some actual numbers. So, okay. for example, they went into Florida. Um, well, let's start with California because I, I was surprised actually how late they entered California. That was 2007. Yeah, New York only in 2005, but but it wasn't in 2019. Visit California, which is a a, a group that's promoting tourism there, they paid Michelin $600,000 to have restaurants reviewed in L.A. and elsewhere uh, in the state. That's enormous. A similar deal was struck in uh, this this story here about the Colorado tourism office. The Denver area where certain cities paid the freight and got reviewed, and if you didn't pay the freight, your next door, you didn't get a restaurant. Yeah, there was some (laughs) renowned chef who was – on it's like 500 feet or something yards on the wrong side of the border of Aurora and Denver, and Denver paid the money. They pay, they paid the scratch, hundred thousand dollars a year. Um, 
and um, and Aurora didn't participate, so her restaurant is isn't uh, available for review. The same uh, for Miami, Tampa, Orlando. One point five million yeah. from the state and city tourism budgets for that. So, and I think they talk about they're they're now going down to Argentina and do the same same, same thing, and they're, they're and getting hundreds of thousands of dollars from Buenos Aires so they can go to Buenos Aires. So it's all just become a Michelin cash. Hope grab. they get paid in hard currency. <laughs> yeah. So well, this so is what well. What do you, John? What do you think? I mean, uh, it sounds like this is what Mich- the Michelin Guide did to continue doing what it does because it was a losing money business at some point and so so someone said look you can't continue as just being these elite food critics on your own there's no money in it you can't pay these full-time inspectors to go through and do this and travel the world so 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 we're going to become an advertising platform just be honest about it i'm with you ash i see why they're doing it but but the, 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 the the problem is that they're still pretending to be this rigorously objective highfalutin, highest possible standards of of rating and reviewing uh, restaurants. And, and I have two, two two brief takes. I think I think uh, and I really want to hear your pushback on these. Now, by doing what they're doing, by basically saying you have to pay us to come and review your restaurants, you've inverted the whole process. And I, I get the fact that they needed to get money because yeah, the Michelin guides with the internet age, we're not going to make money like they did back in the last half of the 20th century. But it was always aimed at the consumer. It was always uh, a, a guide with a high level of integrity and advertised itself as that for over a hundred years. And, uh, and for that reason, it gained an incredibly, uh, an incredible revita- uh, reputation for gravitas. And I mean, you could disagree with whether a one or two star or whatever, but you knew there was a lot of intellectual and, and, and professional rigor behind the ratings being given. Now they've inverted the process and said, well, we're not really going to be consumer oriented anymore to help the consumers out with the restaurant. Now we're just here to feed the publicity and marketing appetites of the restaurants themselves. So they've inverted the entire consumer ratings guide process there. The second one was my buddy Greg came and I were kicking this around the other day. He said, yeah, I mean, it, it, it a more, just in a more common sense level, when you pay somebody to rate you or review you, I mean, you, you've just perverted the whole process of, you know, and put your thumb on the scale right from the get-go. So you've destroyed your credibility. If you're getting $1.5 million to review restaurants in Miami, Tampa, and Orlando, yeah. and you come back with no stars and no ratings. Exactly. What do you think that conversation is going to be like yeah. from the pe- with the people that wrote you that check? Yeah. So, you're bas- so basically the big wink, wink, nudge, nudge is, hey, pay us, and we'll tell everybody how great you are. Well, now you're just an advertising platform. You're not a consumer guide. You're not a restaurant. And the problem is, you know, restaurants are all such whores. I'm sorry, they are. They're like, they'll lift their skirts up. Yeah, right, right. tell us how great we are. And thank you, Tourism Board, for telling, paying them to tell us how great they are so I can advertise how great I am on a, on a very well-known platform that no longer stands for what it used to. But, but consumers are too stupid to figure that out. And that, that's, that's, my, that's my objection across the board to it. I'm curious. I, I admittedly a millennial here could only read about 500 characters of the article, so I skimmed it. But um, <laughs> 500. I also no. I mean, I also do have a full time job that's demanding. So, what I want to know is, 
Did they mention in the article any town, cities, tourism agencies that paid the Michelin Guide to come in and then Michelin went in, investigated, ate around and then said, sorry, nothing worth our time. No, no, no. In fact, just the opposite. They, they, this is kind of this is news this week because the New York Times wrote about it. But but this scandal has been brewing for years. They were writing about this, about California many years ago. And uh, I mean, it was it was a it was a joke when they went to Japan and started handing out Michelin stars to ramen bar, a little tiny Four seat ramen restaurants in the in the in the basement of of uh, train stations in in, in Korea in in in, so in 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 Japan. Excuse me. So effectively, the Michelin stars are now the best of Vegas awards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that where we're at? I know. You know. The, I mean, yes. The, no, the, it's a no. She's got a great point. Exactly. They're just pay to play because best of Vegas is a thousand percent pay to play. It's whoever is paying money to the RJ. It, well, it, it's just a little more subtle. Michelin is bigger and therefore more subtle. And because it's had such a worldwide reputation for over 100 years, they're getting away with it. But at least they're getting some publicity and the lights being shown on this thing. And maybe some concern. I mean, people in the know, the cognoscenti, the people, you know, the writers, the restaurant people, they know what bullshit it all is. <laughs> they yeah, do. I mean, and, but, but, but I'm sorry. And I, and I always love to call out James Treats because, you know, he's a buddy. But he goes, yeah. yeah, but we really need him here. Yeah, yeah. I said, yeah, James, we really need him because you, you restaurants just want the free publicity. That's all. I mean, don't tell me we need him here. I mean, it's a, you're, you're, you want it so you can advertise yourself to consumers to make more money for yourselves and get more customers. And you're looking at it solely from that angle, and that's fine from your angle, but from serving the consumer, well, the consumer is the one who gets the short end of the stick here because they're the, 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 the average Joe or Mary, they don't, they, don't know, they don't know all this background unless they listen to Eat, Talk, Repeat, as they should. <laughs> Only the smart ones do. And, and just and just to, just to get, uh, bring it full circle, uh, the Michelin guides. For those of you uh, who have not been around a long time, what were here in two thousand eight and two thousand nine, and they came here to much much acclaim because I went to both. Did of Did we pay them? Uh, I, you know, I think a little bit back then, but but they had this new business model of theirs kind of got set into place about two thousand ten and eleven. And okay. what I do know is. In, they have never been back, and they've never been back because the LVCVA will not pay half a million bucks to Michelin to rate our restaurants. Basically, because we get forty-two million visitors a year, and we don't need you know we, we, we don't, don't need them. We don't need them. I mean, the, the restaurants here do just fine without it. But of I, course, the chefs would love to do it because the chefs would love to parade around a Michelin star as if it means something, even though it no longer does. I'm confused as to why Florida thinks that Orlando needs Michelin star restaurants. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean you're right. I mean, is, are they going to. I get Miami's a foodie kind of destination. Oh, yeah, Orlando. Kappa, one star. Yeah. Uh, Orlando, uh, Cadence. Yeah, there's, they've, they've rated, given a bunch of stars. Yeah. Uh, knife and Spoon in Orlando. No, they'll give bib, they'll, they'll, they'll just be plastering these things all over the place because that's what they've been paid to do. Okay. And that's the complete opposite of what a, a, a guide or a rating system should be. Okay. I'm sorry, but it is. And, and, and that's, it's a sad reality of that's what has happened in many different industries. We oh, see yeah. this. There were elite brands 
uh, go for the money. And as a result, they cheapen it. And you see it with like m- great mom and pop brands, whether it's food, wine, et cetera. They, some big company comes in to monetize it and the number crunchers go, you got to do this to make more money. And as a result, the product cheapens. Yeah. And, well, and, and I get very cynical and sad sometimes because it's like the marketers won, okay? The advertising yeah. industry has won. I mean, they, they've been winning. I mean, it started with television in the mid-20th century, and now with the Internet, it's just everything is advertised. Yes, but, I mean, but the, the reality is, because remember, Michelin used to fund this all from selling maps, essentially, and guides. Tire, and, and tires. Well, yeah. tires, well the maps yes, were made the, to sell the tires. The, the maps were made to sell. The, the, the guides, the original guides were for motorists. It was sell, sold to, as a companion product to the tire, tires that were made in the country. Yeah. And, and, but the guides were, the guides in and of themselves made money. They were a profitable silo, a vertical within, within the Michelin Corporation. Yeah. And what happens is now everything's free. I mean, even your, your, but people go online to get information for free. They don't pay for a yeah, book yeah, or a yeah, subscription yeah. or whatever. So you got to make it up somehow. And, and, and so I, you know, it's, it's, I'll call it evolution. I mean, I'm not, I'm not out to, I think it's it's uh, it is what, it, but consumers need to know what it is. Yeah, and judge for themselves. And judge for themselves. Okay, I'll say one other thing, and that I always I've called bullshit on, and not just me, but people like uh, writers like Alan Richmond, John Mariani, old old school restaurant writers who've been around for a long time. The other thing that's been abandoned in, in their in their cash grab is besides the integrity is this is this thoroughness that they advertise themselves as for over a hundred years. I mean that's why people revered the Michelin Awards uh, in Europe because they had these teams of inspectors that went out and ate in places every year, and it was a full time job for these inspectors. Now you can't tell me, and I there's. There's a, a website that I forgot to look up. The guy's name is Brown. He's he's it's look up a website called Michelin uh, uh, Michelin False Stars. I don't know what it is, but it um I, I we'll put it on. I'll I'll find it before next week. But this guy has been ripping them a new one because he's he just crunches the numbers and says you can't go to a, a state like Florida or or California. And pay people to actually go to all these restaurants. I mean, you know, and they're not doing that anymore. They're basically surfing the web, doing what everybody else is doing. They're on. They're looking for lists of people. They're going to Yelp. They're going to local blogs. They're going to magazine articles and gleaning out the places that look worthy. And maybe they have two or three or maybe four people who go eat in some of the places. But the idea that they're literally going to send inspectors to a city or state and eat hundreds of meals uh, over the course of, of a half a year or a year and then and then publish it, it it's just preposterous they they, okay. they don't they can't they must it. go once they, they, okay if they go at all see what I, they probably go to the top places once three or four people do that and just go well yeah well we read this place is good and we had a good meal there so check 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 it gets two stars you know that that's what they're doing now the, all intellectual journalistic rigor has been abandoned okay they can't well do it Sorry. Since you have journalistic rigor and we you hope. you put boots on the ground all over Vegas, if you had to give your own little John Curtis Michelin star to or three to any of the restaurants in town, what would you do? Where would you go? Well, I'd go. I, well, first of all, as long as the two the two big hitter boys from France are still here, Robichon and Savoy, you go to both of those. 
And, uh, I mean, I, I've been to both of them multiple times. So uh, you'd have to go to them to see if – but I doubt if they would. I, I doubt – are they going to really send that inspector, who they're probably paying $40,000 a year, into Joel Robichon to eat a meal for two that's going to be 1200 bucks? I doubt it. Are they going to pay that? I'm and not then, playing that Michelin game, John. I want to know where you would give a Michelin star. Oh, oh okay. Well, Robichon gets stars. Robichon okay. gets two to three. Uh, Savoy gets two to three. Uh, e by Hale, uh, Jose Andres probably okay. gets two stars. I'd give it three, except I've been there three times, and they're serving the same menu every time. We have some really worthy. And then I think some of our steakhouses, um, like Bazaar Meat, Probably a Michelin star. It rates a Michelin star. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Anima by Ito would rate a Michelin star. Do you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they're they're that good and across the board from from everything from the stemware to the wine program to the cocktails to that multifaceted menu they do. To it. it's a nice build out. I mean, so would you give EDO one? EDO, yeah, probably. I would give. Uh, I, I, I mean, uh, I think the food at EDO is is more precise. It's just smaller restaurant. It's more. It's executed more precisely. I'm not going to argue with that. I think that's a good point. But as an overall restaurant sure, experience, sure. probably Anima yes. by Ito, you yes. know, maybe gets like a half a smudge. Above. I think they do local stars or something. Like, yeah, yeah. Is that the Bib Gourmand? The, yeah, the Bib Gourmand. So, so I mean, the, the big hitters there. And then, of course, there's steakhouses. Well, like I said, like Bizarre Meat Cut. Cut is definitely like a, a star worthy restaurant. Uh, but then, again, uh, Le Cirque. Le Cirque has a multi course. Five hundred dollar a person rest uh, prefix these days. I, I've only been once. I, I have no desire to go back. I'm I'm too cynical about tasting menus to spend money at these places anymore. I don't want to go, even though I could eat for free. <laughs> there you go. So, so that's uh, yeah. I mean, if you want me to give my star ratings, I can go through the whole city. But that's what my book was for, which unfortunately is no longer published, but still available online. Because you weren't getting paid. Well, I, I, I made some money on that book, but <laughs> I didn't make enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's a diff for Michelin. Uh, believe it at your own peril. And chefs, you're good enough without goddamn Michelin stars. Just work for your own satisfaction because you don't need them. Okay. All right, well, that was fun. Some food news you can use. Don't yeah. trust the Michelin Guide anymore. <laughs> yeah, don't trust the Michelin Guide or anything anymore. Trust um, us. Let's you trust about, us. Trust us. In, in, in Eat, Talk, Repeat, we trust. So let's yes. talk about where we've eaten. Okay, I've got a, a long list. I always have the longest list. But uh, any notable places, Sam or Ash? I have a confession. I did a 90-plus-hour food fast this week, so I've got nothing for the what team. What the – God, 90 – how many days is that? That's like four days. Yeah, it was – What the heck is going on? Just I needed like a, a reset, just, just a like personal a reset. Yeah, so just a reset. Like put a fire hose up your fundament and turn it on. and then you'd... No, I not that kind of cleanse. It was okay. just a reset. So uh, I, I've been living vicariously through your adventures, One of wh- two of which, the Weiss Deli, yeah, it has been on my radar for a long time. So when you got there, I was very jealous. And then Ms. Non. Ms. Nan, okay, let's talk so about... So let's go to you. Let's go to Weiss first, because I, I think they don't get enough credit. It really is the best local deli. And it's 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 been... God, it's got to be at least 15 years there, maybe 20. Wow. I, I should have looked. It, it's, it's been there a long time. Was it, this your first visit? No, no, oh. no, no. I've probably been there 10 times in the past, oh, but okay. I, don't, I don't get up to Green Valley that much. But, you know, their corned beef pastrami is great. It's like an old-time New York, Chicago, Philly, Philly deli. I mean... 
you know, they bake all their bread there. They make their own bagels. They, uh, and they stack the sandwiches, you know, their jaw breaking sandwiches. You can barely, that really, I just, I, I try to eat them and then I just tear the bread off and eat them with a knife and fork. But the pastrami and corned beef is great. Uh, uh, really great smoked salmon, beautiful bagels. It's not a very fancy place, but they do a big takeout business. And I mean, as, as delis go in old fashioned Jewish delis go, it is the best you can find. And anybody who tells me the bagel cafe can compete with it has, you know, basically, you uh, know, that's salmonella a salmon in their brain. <laughs> that, the, that is one of those places when people rave about that. I immediately uh, judge them. And Jewish people do. I mean, you know, I always get friend of my Jewish friends. I go, you just like it because it's convenient, okay? It's 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 just a Cisco Summerlin. Special. It's a Summerlin, yeah. Bagel Cafe is good. Don't you like it? No. No, because I like, you know, deli food where they make all their ingredients. Do you? And they do all their own baking. It's great. I mean, no comparison. Weiss beats it by a mile. You like New York bagel, though, on Rancho. I like New York bagel bagels. Better. I don't oh. as a restaurant. I don't. I'm not. I'm not real. I mean, he does. You know, he's kind of. They. 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 They cut a lot of corners with the, you know the toppings and the spreads and everything. But they. They make their bagels are fantastic. And life's a bagel out in Summerlin is fantastic too. So if okay. I had to go, my three top delis right there, those three would be it. And you know, I like Seagulls, which isn't bagel mania is not bad. Uh, and I like. Uh, and I like. Um, uh, 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 the best one's New York, New York. I like that. Bagels. No? What, what? New York, New York. The New York bagels. Uh, is that a... New York? New, oh, New York. You mean, you oh, mean no, no, over no. on Rancho? Rancho, yeah. We just talked about yeah. that. Yeah, New yeah. York bagels. Yeah, they're the uh, best. That's thing. my favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Saginaw's I like a lot, too. But Saginaw's is a pain in the ass to get to because it's in the Circa. circa and, uh, you know, unless you're staying at the Circa, getting to... Any place in there is a pain in the neck. So I, I love it, but unless you work downtown or visiting downtown, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Bagel so, mania for me is okay. I like it. If you're in one of those moods where you want a crazy bagel sandwich concoction, that's your place. Okay. They have all these pre-made like different sandwich, bagel sandwich options that are just wild. And that's where I would go for something a little more modern. But for yeah. a traditional bagel, I think I'm at... New York bagel. Yeah, it's New just York. close. Yeah, New York bagel's great. Okay, so let's uh, because we're going to be a little shorter this week. Ms. Nan. Uh, Ms. Nan. I finally got the Ms. Nan. It's been open a couple months, and Hasalon. It's basically a, 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 a big big brother little brother uh, situation there at the uh, in the corner of the Palazzo. Uh, the, the the big uh, sibling is Hasalon which has taken over the old Major Domo space, which used to be the old Carnivino space. And this is uh, being run by the, a fellow who calls himself the uh, king of cauliflower, the godfather of Israeli food. And his name is um, Shani. So, so he's like the salt bay. Uh, he, he's the salt bay of Tel Aviv. Let's call him that. And uh, uh, <laughs> wow. he has he has like forty restaurants around the world. And very thank you, Sam. Very similar to Salt Bay. And um, I'm looking forward to going to Hazelon uh, tomorrow night. Went to Miznan, and it's just in this little shoehorn sliver of a place on this uh, on this uh, side uh, uh, sidewalk of of the Palazzo, and uh, lots of vegetables, giant roasted cauliflower heads, which were delicious, beautiful hummus. They do cheeseburgers inside a pita and, and lamb kebabs inside, really soft, really yeasty-flavored pitas, which I liked a lot. Um, 
And uh, I mean, I was just really uh, knocked over by the vegetables. Very vegetable-centric cuisine with meat. I mean, you can get beef, uh, no pork, of course, but, but, but beef and lamb in various guises. And Miznan really knocked me out. All those, a couple people, uh, friends of mine on Twitter said, oh, I don't like it at all. But I think if you're looking for something different, you know, Middle Eastern food with a, or Mediterranean food with a twist, this Israeli uh, fellow uh, may have it going on there. And Hasselon is very fancy, again, vegetable-centric. I'll be there tomorrow night. We'll report. I will report on that next week. Hassan, the, the photos plaza. of Ms. Non looked incredible. Yeah, and it's uh, granted I was fasting, so everything <laughs> was relatively appealing at that point. But I would go there. And I'm not a I'm not a vegetarian guy, but but when you get good chefs like this who decide to tackle vegetables. And, you know, they, they marinate them and they spice them and they, they know how to play, you know, the vinegars and the oils off of them with various herbs and whatnot. I mean, these things just sing, okay? And, and it, you can eat a whole meal of things like roasted cauliflower and green beans and hummus and ratatouille and not even miss meat. And, you know, in these really, really soft, beautifully uh, bready pizzas, uh, pitas, excuse me. And, uh, yeah, so these are, this is, if you want to go on a low meat diet, go, go to Miznan and grab a cheeseburger. <laughs> I was going to say, I want to hear about that cheeseburger. It's all kind of melted together. It's not, it is a burger, but they stuff it in there and then they, they serve, in a pita? You know what, like, you know what a queso taco is where they griddle the cheese and then fold yeah. it over? They do that with the cheese. So you have a cheeseburger with griddled kind of cheese with a crust on it. They fold it over into the pita. And it, it was, and then they have sort of a, I don't know, sort of a, a tomato-y uh, uh, relish inside. And then they serve it with this thing called shug. You ever heard of shug? No. You should know about this. Let me. T- oh. Ooh, <laughs> there should, we go. Shug is so- this Yemenite spice it looks basically like um it's kind of like thick thick um chimichurri, chimichurri. yeah, yeah but, but, it, but it it's, it's it's much more solid and it will light you up <laughs> but it's great you just put a barest amount of it in some things and it's great so uh uh miznan and hazelon are two places people should check out if you're looking for something different in the las vegas restaurant world so okay okay and then you've got some news breaking about Main Street provisions. Yeah, yeah. Patrick uh, Patrick Munster is leaving Main Street after one year to go work at the uh, at the Fontainebleau. He's going to run the steakhouse at the Fontainebleau. And other food news you can use. I, I was talking to the PR people at Fontainebleau yesterday. Monday will be the big drop of what all the restaurants are going to be. They're going to send it to me. She said she'd send it to me today, uh, but I haven't seen it yet. And uh, she's asking me not to reveal it until Monday. But that's the big reveal. I think they're going to have about 15 new restaurants and a bunch of food courts and all that. Oh, excuse me, not food courts. Food halls. halls. Yes. Mm. Which immediately means you can charge 20% more. <laughs> so oh so uh, Fontainebleau restaurants drop on Monday. Uh, uh, shout out to a couple other quick places. Win Key Hong Kong Barbecue, the ultimate hole in the wall on South Rainbow. Best Hong Kong barbecue noodles. Literally seats like 20 people. Uh, always busy, but fantastic uh, Chinese food, Chinese street food. The, the, and the best, you know, that pillowy roast pork with the really thick crust, kind of a, kind of a, a, kind of a burnt crust uh, cr- on, on the top of the roast pork. It's just uh, ethereally good. So Win Key Hong Kong Barbecue went to Weiss, went to Partage, checked out their new immersive. What the fuck does immersive mean? Would somebody explain <laughs> that to me? It it's means immersive. like you're, you're, you're like you're, sitting you're, in the fish tank. Right, or you're, you're, they're marinating you in a sauce. 
Okay, well, they're having an immersive room where you drink wine immersed in immersiveness <laughs> of the immersive I like being immersed wine. in alcohol. Yeah. Well, it's kind of cool because you sit in this room and all four walls uh, are projection screens. And they're, you know, big, you know eight-foot ceilings and all that. And uh, if, you're, if, if you're tasting like a Cabernet Sauvignon from, uh, from Napa, there'll be Napa wine maps all around you. If you're tasting a Chablis from France, there'll be a, a maps of the wine maps of the Chablis vineyards all around you. They have that for France. Well, mainly it's French because it's a it is partage. So most of their wines are French, but they do it for Bordeaux, Burgundy, Chablis, etc. And it's kind of cool to sit there and and you can actually point to or they'll guide you through for their wine tastings, like where on these maps these wines are made. And it's educational and immersive. And uh, I don't know if it makes the wine taste any better, but it's kind of cool. So Partage Grand Cru. I haven't been to the one, the Grand Cru one here, but in Napa, a wine who can't or is in the process of building a tasting room up on the vineyard, in the vineyards, they do one just in town, and it's actually really cool. They set up all these digi- these cameras in the fields, catching, catching live footage. So I, I recommend this. I think it would be fun to do a tasting yeah. there. I, you know, I, I thought it was fun. I mean, you just, I, the, the idea of being in this room being surrounded by whatever, you know what I mean? I mean, apparently they can do one where uh, – if you're drinking champagne, the, you're like inside a champagne glass. So the, all the walls are just champagne bubbles and things like that. I said, you know, it's uh, kind of cool. So uh, immersive, not exactly a baby boomer thing to do, but that's what people love these days. And, of course, uh, the uh, Grand Cru by Partage is an incredible French uh, wine uh, cellar and wine bar as well. And they've moved all their operations now onto Spring Mountain Road. And they're really going to take over this entire uh, eastern corner of the Valley View and Spring Mountain Road uh, shopping center. They're going to put a champagne bar in there. They have the Partage wine bar and Partage the restaurant. So they're pretty much Frenchifying this entire little end of uh, Spring Mountain Road. Very nice. Frenchifying Chinatown. Interesting. Frenchifying Chinatown. So, and, and you'll love this, Ash. Make you salivate. Went back to double O pie and pie again. I saw. Oh, oh my God. so good. And you think it's best in town? Well, I think so, but Ash begs to disagree. I think you – I have to go back to double zero because admittedly the second time I went, of course, with you, John, was better than the first time. And from your photos, it looks like it's getting better and better. You need the, you you need need the, the mask. mask. I need, need the, the mask. mask. I'm taking the mask. The only problem – I see a problem here, John, that there isn't an opening in the mouth for the food. Food. Uh, yeah. yeah. We yeah. need to get an operating yeah. – you know, kind of like one of those <laughs> – you know. I, I'm going to put it on Rocky, my little wiener yeah, dog, yeah. and see. No, no, don't worry. He's allowed to be here. It's just John Curtis. Well, don't we're, worry. We're, we're going to do a TikTok thing. We're going to pick a restaurant. I don't know. one Some place that knows me, Cut or Cipriani, one of these places. We're going to uh, just do I'm going to set up with the chefs uh, for TikTok where uh, a bunch of us walk in. It get won't tables. be me, and like it will pretend it's like Saturday night at seven o'clock. There'll be like eight <laughs> people going. Can we have a table? And they go, Oh, I'm sorry, sir, we don't have a table. It's Saturday at seven o'clock. And you turn around, you all put the masks on, and then they immediately see you. <laughs> How many? Six, ten? Right this way, Mister yep. Curtis. <laughs> you need our private dining room? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh uh, man. Okay, but uh, so that's but it. so back to the pizza though. I think Yukon, in my mind, is still. Uh, just a hair ahead of uh, maybe a pepperoni. 
ahead of double zero. A slice of prosciutto ahead. Yes. Okay. So it's close, but right. I highly recommend both of them. Oh yeah, it's in terms can't of go the wrong. Best pies in town. I mean, I, I'm I've, I've always been a big Settebello fan. I love good pie as well. I mean, we've got such great pizza. It's like burgers now. It, yeah. It, it's, it's hard to talk about who has great pizza, who has the best burger, because there's so many. I mean, you know, five, ten years ago, you could talk about who the best pizza was because there were three places competing for it. Now there's and 30. Can I rewind the tape? It wasn't too long ago when you were like, oh, fuck pizza. I'm so over pizza. I am. <laughs> <laughs> I am over pizza. I am over pizza, but I love it. Yeah, but I mean, my friends keep dragging me there. And, you oh, know, you're blaming your friends. I'm blaming okay. my friends. And I will say this, folks. I mean, as I've said before, the the appetizers and sides at a Double O Pizza and Pub, Pie and Pub, are great. You could go there and not even think about pizza and have some and, really fine things. And John is, if nothing else, uh, very mercurial. Mercurial, yeah, that yes. changes too. Yes, <laughs> not only that. Okay, so that's about it for me. Oh, shout out to Cut. Went back to Cut. Uh, I, I heard you it, had the burger there. The, oh, oh, Sixty-five dollar uh, Hokkaido snow beef burger. Probably the most expensive burger in town that doesn't have like gold leaf on it. Right, any, right, any, right. Any of that the, so the question I'm going to ask is, was it worth it? it, it it's it's. Better than the the Nusseret burger. It is, yeah, salt paper. It's better. Yeah, it's 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 just as juicy, but not as not as uh, greasy. Uh, yeah, not as greasy. Not, not it's it's juicy and giant umami, bomby in your in your mouth, but you don't kind of feel like you're just licking on a giant piece of beef fat while you're eating it. Umami so, bomb, bomby, umami bomby. So that you Love want the it. most expensive great burger cut. Uh, Matthew Hurley is great. Nicole Earl is the, pizza, uh, the pastry chef there. Also, I think Cut has the most inventive and the most delicious uh, desserts of any. Uh, a lot of steakhouses lose it with their desserts. Or they have, you know, just like you know, a you know, uh, Boston cream pie or cheesecake or something like that. I mean, I, I love Bizarre Meat, but Bizarre Meat's desserts are really, really weak and have been since they opened. But Cut has Nicole Earl there, and she is just one of the best pastry chefs in town. And uh, Hurley does a lot of, Matt Hurley does a lot of interesting stuff with all the appetizers he's pretty much stuck on his meat with his meat program but he has he's got domestic beef uh australian beef and uh japanese beef i mean that's not such a unique thing anymore but he was really the first guy to bring it into town and it's spectacular i mean but you pay through the nose for it and for that twitter troll and yes i paid through the nose for it i mean what happens is uh, the bill comes, and they, they send out a lot of free food I don't pay for. But the stuff we order, uh, we pay for, and we did. And it's very expensive. It's going to be at least $150 a person to eat there. But I think it's worth it for a big splurge, steakhouse splurge, and umami bomb. All right. There we go. Okay, so there we have it. All right. Anything else to be controversial about? Sam's crudo? Any, any, any croissant? This No croissant? This week, Ash? Croissant? No, oh, I know oh. the. So, what was it? No, I haven't been eating. But last week or whenever I was at twelve twenty eight, I realized I, I have to cut today. I have to cut carbs to in order to keep this habit up. So I ordered the burger lettuce wrapped one day, excellent. And the another day, I had them do their melty pastrami and Gruyere with the spicy little coleslaw without the bread, and it was very good. So. Mm. To people that still want 
high quality food or their friends want to go to 1228 and you're trying to be healthy there's options so you, I wasn't can, gonna... you can get the burger protein style so then you can have the croissant yes exactly, yeah. exactly. there you go or well, that I thought I was eating healthy there the other day. I, had, I love a French omelet. You know, that, that bright yellow just with a little Gruyere cheese in it. It's kind of like a cylinder comes out. They do a beautiful French omelet there. I thought, oh, I'm just going to eat this. Well, then the pastry chef saw me there and brought over three pastries. So, that, <laughs> so there goes the diet right there. <laughs> and, yes, I paid for the omelet, but I didn't pay for the pastries, Mr. Twitter troll. <laughs> Okay, that's well. You've wasted a perfectly good afternoon listening to us. Uh, any other insult? We haven't insulted each other enough, Ashley. You're just you're off your game today. You need to start eating. You didn't have enough energy to throw some insults Sam's way. I know, yeah. low energy, Ashley. Yeah. So yeah. I apologize to our listeners. I will come back fully fueled next Friday. Okay. Well, thank you for listening. Eat, talk, repeat. I'm John Curtis at eatinglv.com on the web at John Curtis on Twitter. No, at John Curtis on Instagram, <laughs> at Eating Las Vegas on Twitter. <sighs> I'll never get it right. Hey, this is fun. Okay, good to see Was you all. Was it? Bon appetit. No, I'm kidding. Ex- now it's time for the exit music, Sam. There it is. Yeah, there it okay. is. Cue the music. Uh, okay. Did we record this? Hopefully. Uh, let's hope. Damn it. <laughs> Have a good one. <laughs> <laughs>